Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. It's time for RDTN. Today, designer Isaac Baker is on the show to discuss Dead of Winter, The Long Night, and Ashes. Marty, remember at Gen Con when we knocked Isaac's fries and chicken fingers on the floor? Oh, I forgot about that. What is it with us and food ending up on the floor at Gen Con? Welcome to another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 95, Ring of Fire. I'm Marty. And I'm Tony. I assume Ring of Fire is, well, you know, if there's a Ring of Fire, there's going to be what's left over, maybe some ashes? There you go, man. I know it seems kind of weak for my song titles, but I haven't done any good Johnny Cash. And, I, you know, I just enjoy listening to a little Cash. Get you in the mood for that fulsome prison and things like that. Oh, well, there you go. You're you're a Johnny Cash man, man in black, man in black. There you go. I hear you. So tonight we're so excited to have the designer of Ashes and also Dead of Winter with the new expansion coming out, The Long Night. Isaac Vega is going to be coming on the show. We're going to be talking to him in a bit. But Tony, we're excited because we're just a few days away from Origins. I don't know if uh, excited is the word because you know me. When I travel, I always get that apprehension. I'm always concerned that. Uh, you know, what's going to happen? Is everything taken care of? Am I going to have things to do? Well, I got plenty to do this time. So that's not really the problem for me. What are you going to be doing? You know, as well as I do. Yeah, but they don't know. Well, uh, oh, this is supposed to be like a conversational uh, thing. And uh, it was uh, the people. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Anyway, I'm very excited. I am going to work on the other side of the gaming aisle. I will be working at the portal booth. Serving pizza? Yes. Um, I'll be in the food trucks outside. Nice. No, I will be working at the portal booth Thursday night and Saturday morning. I am very excited. I don't know if Shabby realizes what he's put himself in for. And what are you going to be demoing there? It's probably going to be crazy carts. I at least know the rules for that in 51st State, which I love. Love, love that game still. Great game. Got to play it again last night. I know you did. I saw it at the um, gaming com- um, community there. And how did they like it? They loved it. I really blew it. In the last round, I could have accepted second place because I could have ended the round and stopped. But I got greedy and said, if I go one more round, maybe I can win this thing. And I came in dead last. Oh, man. That's okay. Get it back on the table. It was still a lot. It's still a lot of fun. And while you're doing that, I'm also going to be over at the Dice Tower table because they're going to be filming a lot of previews, summer previews that's going to be going on from a lot of the companies. I'm going to help them filming, uh, let's see, Wednesday morning, probably maybe before people get there, and then Thursday afternoon. But also, at night, the Dice Tower area just has some open tables where we're probably gathering game and whatnot. So if you want to look for us, that's one of the places to look for. And of course, we'll be tweeting throughout the week. If you want to come see us, we may say, hey, we're over here. Come talk to us or whatever. But also, while we're there, we have these really sweet badge ribbons that we're going to be giving away. It's our logo, and it says Squirrel on it. And they're totally free if you see us just ask for one and we'll probably have some moon buys too oh well, i hope we bring some moon pies like i have something to snack on while i'm there wait can i get it into our stash oh yeah one for a listener two for me one for a listener <laughs> you know that's that's fine yeah 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 we'll, yeah we'll, we'll make sure to have you covered so yeah we got some ribbons we got some moon pies we're going to be hanging out at the secret cabal meetup on uh, friday night Mm-hmm. So Friday night, Friday night starting at eight, which is always a big deal. A lot of people are going to be hanging out there. Probably most of the people that are going to be there, like uh, Jamie and Rodney and stuff, by 10, 11 o'clock, they won't remember who was there. Uh, yeah, I think we're the designated Walker Homers, aren't we? 
I think we are. I think we are. It's off-site this year. It's not in the convention center. It's at a bar a couple blocks away. So we'll probably have to help uh, get some people home, especially since some of those people are going to be rooming with us. Yes, uh, that would be a smart thing to do. Now, I am very excited. Um, we were contacted by Stoneblade. We'll hopefully get to demo the new Ascension 10 expansion. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's cool. There's a lot of great things coming out. Uh, Stronghold has uh, several games coming out, one of them being My Village, which I'm interested in, and then Animal on Board, yes. uh, which was nominated for an award, so I'm very excited to see that. I'm also excited to see from TMG, Guilds of London. Mm-hmm. I've heard some uh, really good things about that. And also, Tony, uh, a, a newer publishing company, Capstone Games, is bringing Arkwright to the States and publishing it here, and he's going to have it available at Origins, and he sent us a copy for us to check out. And over this week, weekend i got to to play it and tony who do you like economic games i love them absolutely love them well then you're going to want to play this because this is economic game on steroids what's so great about this game is there's multiple modes there's kind of like an easy mode which we're kind of going through right now called the spinning jenny and then there's a lot more complicated mode called Waterframe. and so we're just playing through spinning jenny just to kind of get see how the mechanics work and you know i had first heard about this game a couple years ago from uh, lance meister the undead viking he had been talking about it and he said that he was really interested in arkwright because it was kind of like a spiritual successor to some other games he likes from spillworks so when he showed interest in it, and I didn't think it'd be something he would be interested in, it really kind of piqued my interest. Well, now Capstone Games is brought to the U.S., so it's a lot easier to get. And we got it, so we're going to try it out, we're going to play it, and we're going to review it. But Tony, I think you're going to like it. Oh, I, I'm sure I will. And I'm looking forward to that. So who knows, maybe you can load it up in the car on our trip to Origins and we can play it. Yeah, we'll have to set aside some time to play I can throw it in the car. Hey, since we're driving, we can throw a lot of stuff in the car. Well, I do want to throw in the car Railways of the World. Thanks to our Jamie and the Secret Cabal guys. I went out, found a used copy. I'm excited. I have it. I haven't played it. So I won't throw that in the car and Hopefully, I'll get to play that as well. I think he actually said that if we brought it, he would love to play and maybe teach us. Okay, done. It's a done deal. I'm very excited. Now, I will say this. This will pass weekend, Marty. I got to practice, and I was right, Dutch Blitz. My wife loved it. Loved it. Did you beat her? Oh, good gosh, no. There's no way. (laughs) What? She is so good at that game. She can see the cards out on the table where there were four of us playing and she was able to quickly go do, 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 and play. Now she didn't win overall. Our, our other friend, they won. They scored the 75 points, but she was right there. All she needed was one good hand and her um, blitz just was not set up right for her. So that was not a um, good a good hand for her on the last one. And someone came in from third and, and took the game. So I hope you're practicing. I don't have a copy to practice with. So can we practice before I have to play Chris and Jamie again? Yes, we will practice that split so that you and I aren't completely embarrassed. Oh, we'll still be completely embarrassed, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I just hope we don't have to play that dice in a bowl game. I'm looking forward to playing Strike again if we get the <laughs> opportunity. Such a fun game. I'm sorry you didn't like it. But anyway, <laughs> enough about it. It's, it's, it's okay. That. Well, here's the thing. There's something else now we have to play. Rodney says he bought this game called Happy Slappy Salmon or something like that. Have you seen this? No. I, I don't know. I, it's this other game. It's like a strike game. He went out and bought it. And I, okay. Well, I'm sure we'll find out what it is. 
But we're excited about Origins. There's a lot, lot going to be going on. We're going to be talking to a lot of people. Uh, we get, we're taking uh, something brand new, actually. Thanks to those people who have supported us on Pod Pledge, we were able to get a Zoom recorder, which is like a, a handheld portable digital recorder. And we're going to be taking that this year to use. And it's a lot better system than what we've been using in the past. We're going to be able to plug in a nice mic that I already had to it. And we're going to be able to walk around and interview some of the people. Stephen Bonico has already said, hey, are you going to come by and talk to me? So, Tony, I'll let you handle that one. Oh, I'm definitely going to come by and talk to him. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so anyway, we will be going around talking to publishers. We'll, we'll collect all those recordings. And then the next episode, we'll come back and give our Origins overview and share some of those interviews that we did at the show. We will be ready to play some serious gaming in Origins. We're going back to the roots where we got the original bug back in 2012. That's right. And you know, one of the people we're excited to see is actually our next guest from Plat Hat Games. It's the designer of Dead of Winter, the new expansion, The Long Night, plus Ashes. Here's Isaac Vega. Well, guys, Broken Token not only has a bunch of inserts for your games and in a whole complete series, but don't forget about the special token boxes that they have on the site. You can pick up the long or the short bits. Matter of fact, I just recently used my long bits box in my Railways of the World, where I was able to cut down and fabricate on the insert that's in there and stick all of my tiles that contain the train tracks. This way, they're not being moved all over the box. It fit in very nicely, and it was a simple, easy thing for me to do so be sure to check out their short bits and long bits token boxes on thebrokentoken.com well marty we had to beat him out of the green room because the man he loves our moon pies i don't understand what it is isaac does not like moon pies. i know he I'm doesn't sorry. no i know he doesn't <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> he, he, did, he did try. I remember last year at Gen Con, everybody at the Plat Hat Games booth was scarfing up these moon pies except one man, and that was Isaac. <laughs> yeah, and see, that, that was my point. I mean, who doesn't like moon pies? Well, Isaac Vega. <laughs> Imagine that. I can't. Oh, It's I, because I am from the moon, and uh, they make them much better there. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Well, Isaac, thank you so much for joining Rolling Dice and Taking Name. We really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Oh, thank you guys for having me. You guys have always been such great supporters of Plat Hat Games and myself, and I am happy to be on. So that was not a problem at all. <laughs> so, so exciting, and there's so many great things coming out from Plat Hat Games uh, coming out this summer. With I mean, we just had on Rob Davio a couple episodes ago. Uh, talking about Seafall, and a lot of people are excited about that. Plat Hat is just blowing up all of a sudden. Yeah, he's a genius, uh, and I cannot wait till that hits the market. People are going to be very, very impressed. I can't wait to see the final product. Like, we've seen the proofs in the office. It looks amazing. Dave did a great job putting that together. Uh, the artist did an amazing job putting all that together, too. It's, it's, it's a stellar game, and it's just heightened so much by like Rob's design and his passion for the project. Ugh. You guys are going to be blown away. Everybody is. 
Have you had it? Ch- I know you can't spoil anything, but have you had a chance to play it at all? Yeah, I got to play uh, the most recent version. I got to play back in December. Um, we went through a few campaigns, um, and a little bit before then, a few months before then, we went to like through twelve campaign games. So it was it was uh, quite awesome and intense. But there's still been changes since the last time I played, so I can't I can't wait to see the entire final thing put together. Like Dave was still working on some edits today on the final box like it's already at the printer and everything but you know there's always little things to take care of but uh man oh man ah it's gonna be really cool your position at plat hat do you oversee the art is that correct yes yes i'm the art director there at plat hat games um and i did work um uh on seafall with the we had uh two artists we had gunship revolution and jared blando i'm pretty sure i'm saying his last name wrong (laughs) um and uh jared did all of the islands um, for Seafall and uh, the map and everything like that, and he did an amazing job there. And Gunship helped us bring the rest of the characters and the rest of the world alive, and how those little sketches for the storybook, uh, they did a really great job. So working with them both has been great. I can't wait to work until we are able to work together again. And uh, the, what they did on Seafall was just all heightened by Dave, our graphic designer's work. He had a bear of a project to work on with Seafall, and oh my gosh, he just brought it together so well and captured what uh, Rob was looking for in his vision, and it's just awesome. Love it. Love it. Oh, can't wait. But before then, we have some other stuff coming out, and one of them is one of the games that you're here to talk about. This is going to be released at the time of this recording, recording right before Origins, and coming out of Origins is going to be the first expansion, Dead of Winter, the Long Night. Now, yeah. for those who might have been living under a rock and missed all the great accolades of this game when it came out, Dead of Winter, Isaac, could you just give us an overview of what Dead of Winter is? So Dead of Winter is a game where you take on the role of survivors in a colony that are surviving against these the you know the zombies that are kind of trying to take you down in this winter wasteland essentially, um, and you're trying to survive in this situation, but the the things that you have to watch out for aren't just the zombies. You have to watch out for the people in this colony with you. So each player is taking on the role of this little group of survivors, and everybody has these secret motives that they're trying to accomplish. Um, and it causes this great tension amongst the group. And while that's all happening, there might be someone amongst you that is a betrayer that is trying to bring everybody down. So there's all this suspicion going on with every single action that you make, and you're all just trying to survive survive and zombies are getting up on the colony they're go- taking over locations and things like that and you also have these awesome crossword cards that are coming out that are telling little story pieces and forcing players to make decisions along the way that could affect other players and really start showing your true colors and where your allegiances lie and what you want uh, to happen throughout the game and it's just like this epic story that's taking place all in this cool co- uh, condensed campaign that has lots of different main objectives 30 characters characters, lots of different stuff going on, and the stories that come out of this game, I still get fans that are you know emailing me their stories and it's always different it's always unique and it's always uh, so personal to their experiences and how they view the characters and how and the different interactions that they have so it's just it's been such a awesome treat to see how that game has evolved over the last two years and to be able to release another piece in it has been uh, amazing and i can't wait to see the reception of it as well now are you still seeing strong sales for dead of winter oh yes 
<laughs> we still can't keep the game in stock. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Um, the game has been printed and printed and printed. Um, it's now in, I believe, 18 different languages around the world, which is insane. And the amount of success that this game has brought um, has been astronomical. And it's really just kind of given us a new level <laughs> to achieve. <laughs> so it's it's quite awesome. And uh, did never expected it to be this successful. I mean, I was just happy it sold out at Gen Con when it was released. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect it to be this crazy. And it has been doing so, so well. And it's still doing well. And it's awesome to release another chapter in that series. I think what blew people away was that uh, at a time where we had a lot of zombie games coming out. And I remember the it's like, oh, they're releasing another zombie game. And then people got to play it. And you explained it very well. It's not just about the zombies. There's a social element to it that just adds a whole new twist. And even when we reviewed it on this show, I likened it to The Walking Dead TV show. The Walking Dead TV show has got to the point where the zombies are just kind of out there. We know that they're, but that's not the story. That's right. not the tension. The tension is with the other humans. And that's what this game brings to the table for me. Right. And that's something that we aim to capture right from the very beginning because there's so many other um, zombie games out there that are about running around killing zombies. They are the threat. They are the main focus. That's what you're trying to deal with. Um, and it's it was something that we were noticing that, hey, like no one's trying to capture what zombie movies and zombie shows that have been popular uh, are all about, which is the tension between these characters in this dire survival situation. And how do we bring that out in gameplay? And uh, we worked really hard to make sure to try to capture that. And uh, we, we luckily, we, it looks like we succeeded. Um, and Dead of Winter has been, you know, very well received. So that's why we're, you know, it's exciting to be able to work on more projects around Dead of Winter and be able to allow the brand to continue because, you know, you in in this industry, sometimes it's one and done. You never get to release an expansion. You never get to do anything else. And um, to be able to work on a project again, especially one that was so well loved and received, has been a huge blessing and it's awesome to do so. And I can't wait to see how people receive the long night. But the whole project of the Crossroads, when y'all, when Plat Hat first talked about it, was that there was not just the zombies, that there will be different environments. So yes, you're building on the current system with, with the long dark. The long dark? Whatever. <laughs> the long nights. <laughs> long dark night. Let me call it that. <laughs> I don't know. It was like the brain just froze right then. Like it just got eaten by a zombie. Either way. I mean, there there is a series planned. And I'm sure it is on your whiteboard in your office, isn't it? <laughs> if we had a whiteboard, it would be. <laughs> so the, uh, the expansion called The Long Night. Yes. The Long Dark Night. We're renaming The Long Dark Night. It's already been changed. Can you change that real quick? What is it that's new in this that's been added to what what is is in the base game? And from what I understand, this could be played as a standalone game. Yes. So we want to do something large. We want to do something special. We want to do something eye-catching because it's been two years since the original release. So what we decided to do was do a standalone game. And uh, the reason for that is it has allowed us to explore a lot of different areas of the game and bring a lot of new content to players to keep them, you know, happy for quite some time, hopefully. <laughs> um, and what we did was add completely new characters. So you have 20 new characters in the game. You have complete new crossword cards, all the 
item cards at different locations are new. Um, and we also added some new modules that people could go ahead and play with as well. So we have three main modules in the game. Um, first is the improvements module, which allows you to make improvements to the colony. So it allows you to build different things um, in order to make your colony better, more def- more defended. Allows um, you to do um, go ahead and become more efficient, but it requires resources. So you're going to head in like, should I focus my resources on making the colony better, or should I focus my resources on making you know meeting my secret objective? You know, and uh, there's, you know, new secret objectives as well, new betrayal, betrayer objectives um, there too. Um, another module that we added was the bandits module, which now there's these bandits that are trying to work against you and take you down. They're going to the different locations, they're raiding those locations, taking items and storing them at their bandit hideout, and they're also attracting zombies to those locations. So it's making the game a little bit harder. You have to go ahead and compete with these other people that are now uh, scrunching after the same resources. So there's always this cool tension and there's these story pieces that come out because of the fact that they're there. Um, and then there's also the Raxon module, which Raxon, if you have been like into like the lore and the things behind it of Winter, you'll know um, has been hinted as the cause of the, the zombie apocalypse. And um, they're now a location that you can go to and you can kind of start diving deeper into what actually went on there. So you can see uh, different uh, different amazing items that they were working on, different technologies that were, they were trying to create. And it also introduces... These crazy other zombies that they were working on and had its experiment sealed away. And there's also a containment code that you have to enter before the end of each round. Otherwise, these other experiments start escaping into the town and causing havoc as well. So, um, it, and all of these experiments have these like little story pieces, like like these data records that you're looking at, and it's like, ooh, like okay, this guy, this guy, this is what they did, and this is how they created it, and this is what happened, and it's like, oh, do we let this guy come through or do we not? And you have to figure out whether or not it's worth spending the dice and those resources in order to seal them away or let them come out and deal with the aftermath that and it creates this awesome new tension but uh raxon kind of balances itself out too by having these really interesting and cool weapons there's also these pills in there that uh, uh, players can take that have either super positive or super negative effects to your characters so um it's it's really interesting on how that plays off and it creates just more opportunities for story more opportunities for interesting characters to come into play and just a lot more of what you loved in dead of winter by offering some new little twist. Um, we also have some new tokens that we involved as well. We have explosive barricades. We have despair tokens that can be added to your characters that add um, that add you know extra story bits and pieces. We also have unruly helpless that are just like helpless that are just taking up space in the colony, and now they're becoming even more of a problem and issue for you. So um, there's just lots more cool stuff available to you to try out, and it, it was all out of the intention to heighten what was already great about Dead of Winter and allow you to kind of have more different modules to play around with, have more characters, more crossword cards in order for you to experience even more story. And uh, it allows you to also take your old set, your new set, mix them all together, uh, go ahead and do it in a way that you, you know, in a way that you see fit and will work best for your group and really allow you to have more ownership over both of your games. The Long Dark Night. Okay, The, the Long Night. <laughs> <laughs> is a standalone. Yes. How hard was that to 
balance the two. Dead of Winter, The Long Night was about a six to eight month process. Um, it was uh, heavily brought, uh, like more focused in my t- attention once we moved here to Dallas, which was in June um, last year. And uh, was ready for production in February of this past year. Um, so it took about that long period of time. And it was about playtesting for about four months um, from that point. So it was a little easier, obviously, to start off of, you know, the bones of a system that works, <laughs> you know, for, as a designer, you know, when you're creating something that doesn't work, you can just start from the beginning. It's super like, okay, I have to try this. I have to try this avenue. I have to try this and see if that ends up being something that's even good. At least I, at this point I had something, Hey, this is already good. Now, how do I make it better? How do I make it still more interesting for people? And because it was a standalone product, my entire goal from the beginning was to make sure that people are going to be getting their value out of this product if they already own the original Dead of Winter. And also think about the new customer that may has never heard about Dead of Winter and may be picking this up as their first experience. So I wanted to make sure that from the beginning, we are making sure that everything we put in here, it's its own individual value. It's going to be something that people want outside of the fact that it's a standalone product. And it's also a good, cohesive standalone product for new players to go ahead and try, you know, this as their first entry point to the game. What was amazing to me as you went over it, it was like, I kept hearing, oh, and then there's this module. And then there's this module. And then there's this. It's like multiple expansions in one. That's Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that module sounds great. Wait, there's another one. Oh, man, that one sounds cool, too. (laughs) It was like, well, fantastic job of providing multiple ways to play where with the base game, not samey every single time, but there there wasn't the idea of all these different types of modules and everything. So that's that's really cool. Right. So this time around, you have, you know, if you combine both of your sets, you're going to have over 50 characters to choose from if you have the promos too. And this one's coming with a rich summer as a promo. <laughs> so, uh, I, I see that on the website. He's sitting on a motorcycle. Yep. Is that a chainsaw on his back? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We got, we made him a little bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, debonair. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the fun of it all. Looking at the uh, contents of the uh, the box, there is one thing I'm very disappointed to see. There's still an exposure die. <laughs> yep. That thing's here to stay. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the most wretched piece of game uh, components I have ever seen. It's like, there's no way that I'm going to die with this one. Okay, I just died. That's awesome. Great. Yep. yep there's no escaping the exposure die. Not in the zombie apocalypse, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your these expansions are going to be able to fit in your broken token insert for Dead of Winter now. It's, that's a that's a whole new redesign. It is so funny that as Isaac was saying this, I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, will it fit in the existing insert from Broken Token? No, it probably won't. Nope, nope. It's going to be its own thing. You're going to have to figure out something else for it. I was thinking about it because I saw the um, the Dice Tower review, and um, they were they were talking about the same thing. And it's like, oh, it's never going to fit. I was like, maybe we should do what Smash Up did: just release a giant empty box <laughs> for people to put everything together. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but uh, yeah, it's it's a bear of a game. You're gonna you're gonna feel that box, and it's gonna be even heavier than the original winner. <laughs> so it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of a lot of stuff in there. It's great that it's both an expansion and a standalone. I mean, that's just brilliant. Like you said, it's for the new customer and for the existing, where they can mix and match and do what they want. Oh, I do have one question. 
I love, love, love the Crossroad apps uh, that y'all got together in Lee's because that totally changes the game of not reading the entire card. Yes. And, and then have it resolved after you make your decision. Will there be an updated Crossroads app for the long night? Last I heard that there it, it is being worked on, but I currently have no idea of when it will be released. I know that uh, Emerson Emerson was a primary designer on that uh, setup, and he is very busy with a lot of projects. Um, so I'm not. Uh, we don't have a current date. But it is something that we definitely want out there for the customers. I mean, it's something that was very well received when we released it for the original. It just may take a little bit longer uh, after this release date for them to also be on there. Because we also have recording and then programming and everything to put together there. So uh, it does take a little time. All right, I want to go back to the point of the when I asked you about you know the constant release, 18 languages. When, when that occurred, was there any problems in doing that conversion? Did y'all run into any issues? <laughs> Oh, what a what a perfect day to ask that question. <laughs> There has been, there has definitely been a lot of things that I didn't think about um, when you know thinking about the product as an international, an international thing. Um, there's a lot of American slang and references in Dead of Winter, the original, and in the new one. Um, so when when thinking about how uh, international publishers are translating this from English to their their um, home language, it's it's interesting to see what uh, what are barriers for them as far as like how does this how does this interpret why is this supposed to be funny is this funny <laughs> you know what i mean uh things like that and um it's it's interesting and it's been something that's been taking up a little bit of my time on uh trying to help them through the different aspects and questions that they have um when translating the product and it's something that i'm definitely going to be considering with uh moving forward on uh, any of my projects now that we're part of um, a larger company F2Z um, they are very 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 internationally um, internationally uh, forward in thinking and um, it's something that's really cool um, to think that way and I really want to start um, understanding from a design aspect from the very beginning on how I can go ahead and help out um, them make their job easier <laughs> You know, um, with Dead of Winter, um, we'll probably still keep the same flavor and the same feeling um, throughout as we move forward. The only thing that we'll probably see changing, which was a, a big headache this time around, is making sure that there's enough space for those uh, uh, German German fans to fit all of our text <laughs> in those crossroad cards because it's kind of ridiculous. Especially this time around, we we had some pretty um, small text crossword cards in the English version. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I know, my friend. Yes. I know. It's yes. like, where's the reading glasses? <laughs> so that's why that's why the app is very important. <laughs> so, am I hearing this is um, the magic number is three again, Marty, on the font? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, we want to we we want to pack a lot of story into these cards, and sometimes a card is just isn't big enough. <laughs> well, it's so funny about the, the crossroad cards, and it's one of those mechanics that, again, when I read it, it was like, am I just going to have to want to slow down and, and trudge through reading this? And then every time we played the game, we want so bad for the crossroad card to trigger. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's not going to trigger this time. We get so upset. We love the crossroad mechanic. This, again, like I said at the beginning, 
I was not expecting it to be what it was. And I think that's one reason why it was such a huge success that nobody had kind of expected to provide this kind of experience and to provide these stories. We all read it, but when we actually saw it work with the crossroad cards and the chance of betrayal and your own personal goals and the fact that even though you may survive and not win, that was just something that was just all new to us. Just just fantastic. It's been a fun ride to be able to be part of this project and uh, bring it to life. And I am so, so proud of the work that we've done. And I am excited to see where it continues and see how the long night is received and the other projects that we have currently in the works too. <laughs> so my plan to get him to say the long, dark night didn't work. I, was, I keep waiting for it. <laughs> he, he almost I think he had to think about it. I know he did. He had to, he had to pause. Wait a minute. What's it called again? I've been saying this so much. If someone were to pick up one or the other, I know you'd recommend both of them. But, but yeah. should you always start with Dead of Winter or could I start with uh, The Long Night? I think you could definitely start with The Long Night. I wouldn't suggest starting with all of the modules. The improvement module is probably the easiest to grasp and it won't be something that's super difficult for players to get a grasp of from the beginning. But Raxon and um, the Bandit module definitely requires a little bit more thought and especially when you're um, trying to figure out like as your secret objective, what should I be focusing on? On, and it provides other focus points, other locations to go to, other things to um, um, aspire to and do. So um, I highly suggest, you know, whichever one captures your attention more, whichever characters on the box cover make you feel, you know, more interested, um, either one is going to give you the same good experience with playing the core, core version of it. But... You know, if you want to go ahead and have the option of doing the other modules right from the beginning, um, I, w I do suggest The Long Night. But you know, it's like I also love the characters and the crossword cards from the original so much. Like as soon as as soon as you know you understand the game and you want it, you're gonna want more characters, more crossword cards. That's just gonna happen. <laughs> like those are the two big selling points in either version of the game, and it's kind of like they're both each the expansions to each other. So you, there's really no wrong place to start. They're both gonna be the same price. Um, they both have you know they both have a lot of awesome content. Um, the Long Night does have one little leg up. Um, the the locations, some of the location, the the original six locations are all in there from uh, Dead of Winter, but in this one they're uh, cardboard instead of uh, the the flimsy, um, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah instead, of the, instead of the card stock. So um, that that would be the only reason I would say like eh, tip over a little bit more into Long Night because you're gonna get a li little bit more of a premium product there, um, but. You do get more characters in the original. You get 10 more characters in the original. So, it's, you know, which one do you want to go with? <laughs> you know, it's up to you. Well, see, you're talking to a man whose wife in Pandemic only plays Medic. So <laughs> I, I've got, I got no issues here. So that's, that's interesting. So, and do you, do you ever, I mean, you talked about the success of this. And you, when you first were designing this, I know you didn't say, wow, this is going to be a huge, huge, huge success. Well, you might have. I don't know. But no, just, I didn't. You didn't? <laughs> Do, do you not have a, a little chill come up the spine when you when you think about this? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, amazing, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. Like I just I just uh, purchased um, my first house um, here in April, and you know, uh, I for a long time I didn't know if that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Um, so to have that much support 
um, from the community to have that many fans be able to, you know, purchase a product and be able to allow me this amount of success and allow me to be in the situation that I am right now is a huge blessing. And I'm so thankful and so grateful for everyone and their support and for loving this game and the stories that come out of what people experience and the just being able to kind of affect people all over the world in a little way. I never thought I'd be able to be a part of it. You know what I mean? A uh, part of something like this. And it's, it's incredibly humbling and wonderful. And, you know, I'm just glad I'm given the opportunity every day to continue doing something that I love this much. And I can't wait to see what I uh, see what the future brings and it's right now it's it's very nice <laughs> it's it's very nice and i'm incredibly grateful and no i did not expect this at all um but to to have that is a wonderful thing now probably one of the most popular characters in the base game was sparky yeah is there another playable animal in the expansion yeah uh her name is blue and she's a chimpanzee <laughs> nice okay there you go yeah she's uh she was a chimpanzee that was experimented on at raxon and uh there's a, even an intro uh main objective that kind of introduces you to e either the bandits or the raxon module and uh you kind of find out a little bit of her story and you're introduced to her and uh, uh she's a very good good addition to the team <laughs> so it's it's really cool to have her along it was definitely inspired by what, what was that movie Co Congo? Co How about Planet of the Apes? That one will work. <laughs> no, I wanted to. I have another design that I wanted to go off Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's a very interesting character, and uh, I love the addition of her in the game. And I, I'm wondering to see how the reception's going to be. I, I really hope it's uh, as loved as Sparky, but Sparky's always going to have a special place in everybody's hearts, I think. I don't know if Sparky can be replaced. That's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> and everybody gets upset when Sparky gets killed. So it's like, no, not Sparky. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, we don't care if the little kid gets killed. Well, not Sparky. <laughs> so now I noticed that the pre-order for... Uh, now, see, I'm trying to say Long Dark Night, too. Dang it, Tony. <laughs> the Long Night is still open. But you are going to be able to pick it up at Origin. So, what is the release schedule? Yes, like we right have now? we have an air shipment that's going specially to Origins. For, uh, the The game should be out, I believe. The release date is sometime in July. Actually, um, that's when everything is going to be coming out. But I'm not 100 percent sure on. That's more of my brother Sam's question because <laughs> he works in the warehouse. <laughs> I just have all this other stuff right now. I just don't even care about when releases are going to happen. I should probably prep more, though, when it comes to these interviews. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going to be at Origins next week, do you know how many you're getting? I believe it's one pallet. We're only getting one pallet over because it's very, very expensive uh, to airship uh, products from China. So I believe a pallet comes with 144 games. So we only have 144, and I believe two of them will be opened up for demos. <laughs> so really 142. If you have any interest in getting it and you're going to Origins and the hall opens, I believe, Thursday morning, make Plat Hat Booth one of your first games to go to. Guaranteed. It will likely sell out very quickly. I hope it, so. It, it, 
I hope it will. <laughs> it, it will. But here's the thing. If you're not going to Origins and you don't need it that first day, remember, everybody can still go out to the Plaid Hat website and go yes. pre-order the game for cheaper than the MSRP. The MSRP is $59.95 American dollars. But if you pre-order, it's only $47.95. So it is cheaper if you pre-order. So if you're not going to be at Origins or you don't want to, to get in the mad rush there, you can still pre-order and it'll be coming out in July. I'm forecasting eleven fifteen only because the credit card machine gets swamped at the plat hat booth <laughs> sell out 11 15 there aren't a lot of brand new big name games coming out at origins and this will be this is going to take the spotlight i think for sure yeah we um decided to release it at origins so i could get a little bit we had it done a little bit earlier and uh, we wanted to definitely um make seafall more of the gen con big release so yeah uh, they're both they're both going to probably sell out at Gen Con too, so it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy Gen Con. Where's the cargo container going to be for both Seafall and Dead of Winter <laughs> at Gen Con? I have not even been made privy to that information. Sir. But your brother does. Your bro- he works in the warehouse. He has higher clearance. the other game that we want to talk about tony and i are big fans of ashes this came out this was one of your hot games at gen con last year and i remember you told me uh i said isaac how many boxes you got it was 700 yeah it was is that right 700 and we thought well these things go yes by like saturday or something like that yeah all 700 they sold out in two days yeah it was it was amazing it was amazing and i did not expect that for ashes i thought we took way too much that was the most we'd ever taken to a show um ever so for it to sell out <laughs> like was was very very nice um and i have been blown away by the reception of the game and there's so many fans out there and so many passionate fans that are really, really engaged in doing so much other things like writing fan fiction, creating content, writing, uh, you know, articles, making podcasts. It's just been crazy. And uh, it's it's been also another wonderful, humbling experience uh, to see that game received so well because it's also very, very close to my heart. I love, love, love working on Ashes. It's the opportunity to create my own world, my own characters, and bring something, you know, unique and new to life. So um, to be able to work on it and continue working on it is been a dream come true because uh, that project is just so much fun. So the core game came out at Gen Con last year. We just had the first two expansions uh, released just a couple months ago. So what's next in the release schedule and when's it coming out? Well, we have Leo and Victoria, which are two new Phoenix born decks that are going to be released at Gen Con. Um, and uh, they are the cere- uh, not the ceremonial, the illusions and charms uh, mono decks uh, to kind of help complete that cycle of uh, those those sets. And uh, they will be released with alongside with Auric, who is an original promo that will be released through the website um, as well. And he's awesome. And uh, they are going to be announced for pre-order tomorrow. <laughs> Nice, so, nice. So, because there hasn't been a lot of teasing on on who they are, or what they look like, or anything. Yeah, right? yeah. I just showed them off. At the only people that have seen them are the people that went to the Team Covenant show. Um, I showed off all their cards and their decks because they were already designed and done. Uh, we're working on the next set right now, and I'm very excited about these next five characters too. Um, but yeah, Leo and Victoria, they're an awesome, awesome addition to the game. Uh, Leo is this. Uh, 
Casanova type character. He's the charms monodeck, and what he's doing is essentially allowing um, allowing you to be, like pretty much just stopping all of your attacking. Just like, no, you don't want to fight me. It's going to cost you magic to fight me. No, your characters have a lower attack value now. No, you, you don't want to do that. You know, please. <laughs> and then he has these awesome anguish cards, like these, these cards that force your opponent to make a decision. So it's like, oh, do you want to lose two cards off the top of your deck? Or do you want to take one damage? <laughs> or do you want to do this? You know what I mean? So it's just like constantly creating these struggling decisions for your opponents and uh, his characters are very interesting. They force like peace on the battlefield and they force, they force um, other opponents to like lose their, lose their attack values. And then he has a unit that has like essentially auto death <laughs> their units as well. Um, and his aesthetic is just gorgeous. Like uh, all of, he has these birds that he summons that are like inspired by different flowers. So they look like flowers in flight. They're really cool. And um, he is just uh, just a really cool addition to the game, and very much the uh, embodiment of the charms uh, dice power uh, feel that I wanted, um, and also allowing for more milling in the game too. Um, so it's going to combo really nice with some of Saria's cards from the original sets. Um, and then we also have Victoria. She's a crazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, crazy. When uh, I went to uh, Fernanda um, and told her what I wanted um, for this new character and her design, I was like, I, I, I t- pretty much gave her two pieces of direction. I said, all right, um, Ashes needs its own Harley Quinn. <laughs> and it needs to be your new favorite character. <laughs> so so originally it was Jessa that was her favorite character. And so I knew that like Fernanda loves the dark stuff. That's what attracted me to her original design. That's why I found her for Dead of Winter. Um and uh for her to play around with this, you know, very happy go lucky but dark character. Like uh uh, uh, uh Victoria is just this uh crazy user of illusions and she's just this huge trickster oh you want to attack me no i'll vanish away oh <laughs> oh you you don't want to you don't, all of her like uh, her units are like she brings out illusions onto her battlefield so we have more illusions in the game um and they cause these interesting effects and then she can go ahead and manipulate the illusions body to make them more powerful and uh she can go ahead and make your units illusions as well, as well. So, um, and then she has the ability to, you know, take away some of your dice and manipulate your dice pool. So it's just very, very fun and trickstery. And she is just, uh, a, just a crazy fun hoot to play around with. Um, and, uh, she is going to be, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain she's going to be a lot of people's new favorite character. <laughs> There's just a lot to come out of her. So I think people are really going to love her. One thing I want to go back to is you said the pre-orders will open up tomorrow. So this, this long, uh, we don't want to confuse people. So if you're listening to this show, the pre-orders are already posted. So that would be six, nine. And so I don't want people to think, Oh wait, and it, wait, did it, it doesn't matter. People go out, get your pre-orders done. That's a given. And you'll have them at Gen Con. You think we have a decent amount at Gen Con? Because a, uh, a product not, at that price will probably sell like crazy. Yeah, I'm not sure what the... We haven't uh, finalized the numbers for anything on Gen Con yet. Um, it's all about arranging, uh, you know, air shipments and seeing what fits on, on the pallets and all that kind of stuff. Since it is a smaller product, it's easier to take more. So I'm sure we'll either... You know, I'm sure we'll have plenty. 
Um, and uh, then it will probably av- be available through distribution uh, a few weeks after Gen Con. So we're trying to we we're hitting all our shows a little bit earlier this year and then having the product available about a month out after. Yeah, because I've been hearing from uh, some people that are looking for the latest expansions. Yeah. And uh, they're having a tough time finding those. It's sold out. It's sold out on its first run incredibly quickly. And uh, the second one has already sold out too. <laughs> so that one's that one still has yet to hit distribution though. So I mean, like it, stores will have it very soon, but we're sold out of product to distribution. So hopefully that's enough for a little bit of time. Hopefully <laughs> we'll see. And uh, we are having more printed, so um, they'll be back in stock. It's it's been it's been awesome. I mean, it's an awesome problem to have. <laughs> So it's good for the game and good for the community and stuff like that. So um, if you're excited about the game, if you're excited about the product, you know, and you want to keep seeing more um, of this keep coming out, more more characters, more decks, all of that, make sure you hit up your local game store, support them, try to get involved in organized play. I mean, this is where this type of game lives and lives and dies, you know, in, in, in that kind of scene. So make sure if you're interested, you know, host events. Become a part of the community, get involved, um, and that leaves me to keep working on new stuff, which I love to do. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is, not like the Secret Service listens to this show or anything. You're printing money over at Plaid Hat. <laughs> well, we're doing we're doing all right right now. We're definitely experiencing quite a bit of uh, uh, good times. Well, what's so cool is um, right after the corset came out last year, a lot of people got it. I know just in my local area, it's like interest waned just a tad. But once information started coming out for the organized play kits and the two expansions, it just seemed like around here, it skyrocketed. It's like people who had not gotten the game, it seems like when the expansions came out, it's like we went and bought the base game and the expansions. It just seems like with the expansions and the organized play kit, which you said it lives and dies by, it just exploded overnight. Right. And yeah, that's, that's you know, people want to see these types of games supported. They want to know that more stuff is going to come out. And they want to know that, like, uh, it's always good to have more characters in order to connect with and, you know, find your own person that has your own flavor and then you can go ahead and build stuff with. And it also helps that, you know, we've had these devoted fans for a little while now. They've been talking about the game. They've been really getting educated on the game. And this game has so much depth that you can go ahead and dive into. And there's still surprises and new types of decks and new interesting builds that people are trying out and doing all the time. The community keeps changing on who the best Phoenixborn is and what the best cards are and how the decks, you know, all, all um, you know, tie together and how which which one is currently doing well. And then there's different little communities that all have their different Phoenixborns that are at the top of their game. So it's it's really cool to see the development of the game and the scene there. And the more that that's talked about, the more that that's explored, I think just keeps feeding the excitement to get more new players involved in the game. And I want to go back to your art thing here because the art is incredible. You've uh, y'all have won a, what a, a few awards about with the art. Is that correct on that? You- yeah, we we uh, we we uh, little metal dog show nominated us for like best art, best game of the year, card game. Uh, we also uh, were uh, have been nom- were nominated for BG for best card game and best art. 
Um, we were nominated for the Origins Awards, so <laughs> we'll see um, for best card game as well. Um, it's been it's been awesome to have the game not only be recognized for its gameplay, but for its stellar stellar work by Fernando Suarez and Dave Richards. They really are a dream team come together. Um, like I was at the Team Covenant events and uh, just looking at my like everybody was there that worked in the project and the team, and I was just like. I was so teary-eyed and, <laughs> and grateful to have just great, great people around me that are, you know, willing to put up with me <laughs> and, and you know, listen to all of my wants and needs and not only meet them, but exceed them in so many wonderful ways and bring something to to the uh, the industry that I am incredibly proud of to be, uh, to be a part of. You know, um, Ashes is my latest project and i think it allowed me to learn uh it allowed me to use everything that i learned from my projects previously and really helped us all excel and work together as a team to the best of our ability and it's gorgeous and wonderful and i am i am so blown away by the stuff that fernanda and dave are able to do with the game and bring it bring to life because i mean Sure, mechanics are fun, but like when we're working on when we're working on all of those prototypes with no with with uh, no uh, all these decks that are currently in playtesting with no art, no nothing. <laughs> oh god, it's just so boring in comparison to <laughs> what's everything comes together. It's so beautiful. So uh, they have been able to just knock it out of the park, and I am so proud and grateful to have them as coworkers on this project and the fact that they love working on it and care about it and care about the aesthetic and the thing that they're moving forward and then become invested in the project themselves is just even more rewarding because, you know, it could, it would be one thing if they just, you know, they did it and they, you know, they just did it because it was their job, but, uh, because they enjoy it so much and are a part of it, it just really shows through on what what's the kind of cards that are coming out and fernanda fernanda is still blowing me away <laughs> like every single new piece that comes out is better than the last and i cannot wait till you guys see the stuff that's coming out for 2017 oh my gosh oh see <laughs> don't tease us like that well I, at least you guys will be at origins so i can i can give you a little yes sneak peek. i can give you a little sneak peek <laughs> uh, I can't wait now. And uh, Ashes was also nominated for the Dice Tower Awards. It's coming up too. Yeah, yeah, the Dice Tower Awards as well for both card and art as well. Yep. And a couple weeks ago, the Dice Tower did their top art work, and it was like the top ten list. Both Tony and I voted for Ashes, and I think the number one overall was Ashes from like the listeners and the and the. Oh uh, wow! Really? I didn't even see that. Go listen to it. That's awesome. I think I think I can't. I don't want to misspeak, but Tom or Eric are both nominated Ashes as their top pick or one wow, of the top that's ones. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's amazing and super humbling and just a testament to what Dave and Fernanda could bring together because they are superstars. But but more importantly, I can't even believe Marty ditched his own show. You got a squirrely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's right. For best art, you got a rolling dice taking name squirrely. <laughs> I did. I did, and I thank you guys so much for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back at you. So anyway, <laughs> so what I wanted to, but what I want to ask you is because you mentioned that you gave some direction to the art, and as the art director, I understand that. But but do you let them free to go, or do you have some sort of idea, and you kind of say, okay, read the text and go from there? 
Now, in the beginning, in the beginning, I was very um, more stringent with what I was looking for because we were just, you know, developing this world. You know, the, uh, Fernando wasn't didn't know what I wanted, and I'm very much hands on when it comes to an art director. I don't just tell, I don't just give them a few sentences and say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. I look for images on the internet. I look for armor, clothing, uh, styles. I look for cultures and all this kind of stuff, and I bring it together into a document. Um, for each character based on what I'm looking for and then send that over to the artist. Um, and then that is the same process for pretty much every single piece in the game. Now, now that we're working on stuff that's coming out for 2017, I'm a little bit more loose because Fernanda really understands the aesthetic I'm going for. You know, she we have a very, very good working relationship at this point. I trust her to come up with very interesting designs. So when it came to Victoria and Leo, um, one of the, some of the most recent pieces, like I told you, I was telling her, oh, I want... I want a, you know, Harley Quinnish type, you know, dark character with a Victorian kind of twist. And, uh, you know, she gave me some different designs. I go ahead and adjust those designs how I see fit and tell her, okay, no, this is how we're going. This is how I want this here. No, we need to dress a little bit more like this and stuff like that. And uh, then we go back and forth for a little bit and boom, a piece of awesome art is created. So it all depends uh, for me on the relationship that I have with the artist and how well they know and understand uh, the world. At this point, I want Fernanda to be excited about the character, the characters that she's bringing to light. So I do have, there are specific characters that I have had in my head, that I have vision for, that I give her more of a stringent kind of line. Um, it's like, hey, this is exactly what I want. Here's the different characters. Here are the different you know models and art pieces that I find off of the, uh, off the internet. And like, this is the kind of feel that I want for this specific one. But there's others that I'm saying, you know, I want this to be more of your ability to experience. Here are some keywords. Um, here are some things that I'm looking for. But I want you to bring your own creativity, your own fun um, to the project. Because I also, her, also want her to feel... Um, like this is her personal thing too. Like I want her, she's an artist. She has ideas, <laughs> you know, she has, she wants to be able to create. She wants to be able to, um, uh, express herself. And I want her to do that because she's amazing. <laughs> she's absolutely amazing. So, um, you know, the more freedom, uh, you know, now that we have a very good understanding of what ashes is. I give her a little bit more freedom. I give her a little bit more room to play with. And then there's some other things. And then there's some specific characters and some things that I envision in a certain way. And then I have her try to fit fit that mold. But then there's other things that I'm like, okay, I have less of an uh, I have less of a vision for this one. And I want you to be able to express yourself and do something interesting. And I know you have cool ideas. So this is kind of this is more or less you know the feeling I'm going for. Go ahead and impress me. And she always does. The first thing that really struck me, aside from the amazing art, uh, was the card design. Now, Isaac, you're you're a youngin', so you may not r realize this, <laughs> but when Tony and I were collecting baseball cards years ago, there was a set that came out in '89, the 1989 Upper Deck baseball set that put everybody on its ear. It was an incredible set because it was a high quality card, but there was one thing that stuck out. It had white borders, oh, nice. which was very, very unusual for a baseball card at that time. It just stuck out like that. When I first saw Ashes, it immediately hit me. That's Upper Deck 1989 <laughs> because the, because nobody does like a full white border like that. Yeah. And it just makes everything on the card just pop because there's a stark white contrast behind everything and colors just pop off. So the card graphic design itself was just 
genius. And I think it just helps shows off Fernandez art because of that white background. Uh, you know, and that's to Dave's credit. He's an amazing graphic designer in this industry. He's one of the best. Um, and uh, working with him, I told him from the very beginning, and it's like, hey, this this is a card game. This is a dueling card game. This is with, you know, powerful magic wielders. It's going to be highly compared <laughs> to magic. It's going to be highly compared to those other dueling card games in the industry. And a lot of them have been influenced very much by magic's aesthetic and design. They're all, a lot of them try to emulate that. Oh, okay, this color has to be, you know, this is a green card, this is a red card, this is a blue card, all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to not do that at all. I did not want to be similar to that. I wanted to show people that, hey, this is a different type of dueling card game. You know, this is inspired by those greats, but it's it's a different aesthetic. It needs to, and it needs to stand out from all of that noise. So I wanted it to, you know, definitely showcase beautiful pieces of work, but have them be have it be very clean, very beautiful, and have it be something that is definitely visually capturing to the eye and something that people are going to notice when it's sitting down on the table. Well, it definitely does that. And now I will say this. The, the icons are easy to read as well. Dave did a wonderful uh, did a wonderful job in making sure that all the sim- symbols in the game were easily to easy to read, easy to understand. I mean, he makes everything pop, and you know, there's certain things that I wanted. I wanted more icons in the game when I first designed it, and he was like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> understand? Like, people can only absorb so much, and you need to be able to do this." And like, and that's that's really a credit to all of his experience and his years understanding design, and he's taught me. A thing or two on how to put together a card and and also what to consider when designing on how to put together cards because you don't want to overwhelm your 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 audience with a whole bunch of different stuff and he, he his design every single piece of his design there is forethought put into it like he he knows if he's going to put if this box is here there is a reason for it he understands that and he can go ahead and go on and on about his choices when it comes to designing his games um and he's a great 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 graphic designer and a wonderful friend to have um in the office as well and i'm so grateful to have him on the team like i said earlier you said that doing the expansion for dead of winter was tough which is tougher doing an expansion for ashes or that because you've got to be careful not to break or overpower something. Whew. That is a tough uh, question. Hey, w- rolling dice and taking names. We don't throw softball pitches. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I would have to say Dead of Winter is a little, it was a little bit tougher um, because of the fact that, you know, we wanted to, re- we knew we wanted to release by a certain time. So there's a little bit more of a crunch time there. Um, and it's a big project. There's a lot of stuff going on, lots of different things. Um, and editing was a bear, you know, it's like, so, so there's a lot of stuff there with ashes, you know, the edits come in smaller chunks. Um, and I get to see so much, I guess it's more, it's more, um, rewarding for me in that process because I get to create the world at the same time. You know, I get to create these characters. I get to decide where they're from. I get to go ahead and think about like who they are and what their passions are and um, you know, what, what their motivations are in this war that's taking place. And that is just like so much fun for me. 
Um, so it feels less like work and more like fun. <laughs> you know um and not to say that that isn't the case with dead of winter but dead of winter is very much uh a labor a, a labor of love but it's parody you know um there's lots of things that we're borrowing from so it feels less like i'm creating a new world but also but create kind of like understanding what's popular about the zombie genre and trying to deliver that in a board game format. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. So have you, as you continue the expansions into ashes, have you thought of the dreaded ban list yet and how that may impact that? And you don't have to say yes or well, you do have to say yes or no, but you don't have to answer it completely. Yeah, I have thought about it. Um, it's something that um, I, why I, like I've been I've been recently had a change of heart to the entire process. Like uh, originally I was like, no, never. Like every card is perfect, and then we'll just go ahead and design other cards around it in order to make everything better or worse or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but I've been open. Uh, my eyes have been opened. Um, you know I have a lot of smart people around me that help me develop this game, um, and they let me. You know, and they have experience in years involved in other um, LCGs, other CCGs, and seeing. And every single one that is successful goes through this. Um, goes through having to make an errata, have to ban certain cards and things like that. And now that we're seeing um, more of an organized play kind of um, uh, community take hold. We, those, there are certain cards that have risen above and below our expectations because of the amount of combinations that are in this game. Like there were just things that we couldn't, I mean, we could have been in playtesting for years and still not seen some of the com- combinations that come out once it hits the market. Um, so there is going to be an errata released soon <laughs> on a specific card. Um, we'll make that official announcement in a couple weeks. Um, and it broke my heart, but at the same time too, um, a lot of people have reassured me that it's the right thing to do. Um, and it also allows the community to thrive and, uh, you know, understand that they're being heard and not just ignored by the, by the, um, the company. And I'm glad that, uh, the people, the people around me have my back on this and, uh, have encouraged us to move forward with this and, uh, even though it is difficult and I hate to have given some, put something out there that wasn't a hundred percent the best. Um, we are going to do our best to rectify that and uh, let it let you guys know why we did the changes and how we feel that it's going to affect the game. And hopefully it will be the right decision for everybody here coming in the future. And, you know, um, I think it will be, but uh, you know, uh, this, this kind of game is about learning it's about seeing what, what happens with the game and how it evolves. And uh, we'll go ahead and keep uh, learning and uh, adapting as the game continues to grow. And things like this means that, hey, it's still living. It's still ca- We care about it. We want the community to be heard. And um, we want the game to be the best it possibly can be. And that means sometimes admitting your mistakes. Let the speculations begin. <laughs> Yeah, well, they won't have to wait too long. Okay, so we asked uh, some people if they had any questions for you, and we had a lot of specific Ashes questions, so we're just going to do some rapid-fire stuff right here for you. These are from from listeners of the show, so here we go. What's been the biggest surprise so far in the terms of how the game has been received by fans? Um, The biggest surprise is how much uh, user-created content 
has been created around the stuff. Like I was so surprised to see the main action guys uh, start a podcast about the game. <laughs> like I was like, what? Like it's only been a few months since the game's been out, and they're already talking about it at this level. And the fact that they do such a great job, and they're very talented and very passionate, and have actually become friends has been uh, an amazing experience. So I did not expect that. I did not expect that, especially so soon. I thought it would take a lot longer for anybody to care and talk about the game that deeply. And just to see the like level of outpour of love of people just kind of creating content. Uh, we have fan fiction being made around the game. We have uh, people, people, you know, people do it. We have another podcast. Uh, going on as well um you know people wanting to do a youtube series people wanting to write scripts around this this uh this uh game um people are super interested in the story pieces and the lore and the characters and they connect to them a lot and seeing how all of that has developed has just been so inspiring and i love it so much and i'm glad that people like it because <laughs> Because uh, it's it's a lot of love that I put into it, and for people to understand and get it, what I was going for has been amazing and such a wonderful thing. And I, it, it surprised me. It surprised me a lot. Okay, I'm just gonna say this before I get to our next question, because I only want Marty and I would only want ten percent, maybe fifteen. Ashes, Ashes RPG. Oh man, I would love to do it. I mean, I have, I have a, uh, I have a miniature of Jessa. That's almost complete. <laughs> An Ashes Miniatures game. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've always wanted to do like a miniatures RPG kind of uh, kind of thing. Um, so if if the game keeps going well and the community keeps growing, and hey, that that just means that we can get to explore this world in a few different avenues. So I would love to do that. I would love to. Next question: Since its release at Gen Con. How has Ashes undergone a change from your original idea? I don't know how much has necessarily changed. Um, Playtesting has been longer and <laughs> bigger than I was hoping for. But that was just because I'm a young, naive, dumb designer. <laughs> so obviously it's going to take a lot of, uh, a lot of work to uh, develop these things and make sure they're balanced across the board, especially with the amount of uh, creativity that, um, or the amount of uh, uh, creativity that it allows in the deck building for players to do. Um, so um, as far as like evolution from Gen Con, um, I can't really say like things are still, things are still not necessarily like there's so much more that I, <laughs> that I want to come from that point. Like there's like, I want the Vermilion council. I want 60 Phoenix borns off. There's like, there's, there's other, there's other characters that are, you know, just as powerful as Phoenix borns in my world that I would like to come out to. So that, I don't know if I can say it's evolved in a different direction. It's just like, uh, uh um, there's, we have still haven't even met up to my expectations yet, so <laughs> so we'll see. How about this? Who's your favorite classic, Arthur? You know what? Um, Mark Twain. Oh, yeah. Oh, you go. Huckleberry Finn has always stuck out to me. I don't know why. Like, it just, it just, it just has. It's a story that I always kind of reflect on a little bit. Um, he was this outcast. And, you know, going, going through the things that he went through and this little adventure of his and where he came and how he interacted with humans and how that ended up for him, you know, uh, is a struggle. I think of life period, like it's, how do you, how do you, 
you know, how do you deal with the different people in your life and react to the different people in your life? And I, it's, it's something when I read the book, I didn't understand fully or why it was a classic, but the more that I reflected on it as I grow up and think about it as, um, as I get older, it's definitely, it, there's a lot of impactful things in that, in that, in that. And, uh, it's, it definitely speaks to as why, uh, he's such a well-renowned author and why his, uh, his literature still sticks out, uh, even today. Are you willing or have you been able to let more people into the Ashes collaboration? Are you, are you going to let it expand out? Uh, yes. Yes. I actually just had a uh, meeting with, uh, Bob, my lead play tester the other day, um, talking about, um, when it is, when we're going to, what does decks that I'm going to be allotting to him to design, um, as the lead designer there. And, um, that is just going to, as long as the game continues to be successful and as long as it continues to grow, there is no way I can continue keeping up with the design myself. Now, I would love to see Fernanda continue to be the artist all throughout. Um, and as long as we keep on a decent schedule, we won't overwhelm her. Um, but uh, so, so we can go ahead and keep the same aesthetic. Um, so I think that as long as we can stick with that, we will. Um, and I will design as many, I will continue to design the characters. I'll continue to be the art director in the world and the lore behind that. But as far as like mechanics of decks, I think it's a good idea to bring in other designers um, to work on those mechanics in order to provide like a nice, fresh idea um uh, nice fresh ideas to the gameplay because I am not I am not perfect I don't think of everything and uh, it's definitely been great to have Bob as a uh, as a helpful uh, person along the way to help me you know help me develop the decks that I have developed and he definitely deserves the chance to design his own um, and I'm sure they're going to be awesome and great. And uh, I would love to open it up to even more if that's what the workload um, requires. Um, so we'll keep it. We'll keep it. I'll keep the pool as I'll keep it as small as long as it merits it. But we're eventually going to get to the point where we're going to have to be designing decks alongside each other, and as well as testing them alongside of each other and seeing which ones come out of testing faster, um, in order to keep up with the amounts, uh, in order to keep up with the card pool that keeps growing. Oh, so we now know that there's going to be a couple expansions released at Gen Con, but it had been teased that there's going to be a couple brand new dice released later on this year. Is that still the case? That is likely going to be early next year. Um, that's because, uh, we want to, because they, everything was kind of delayed a little, like we're having ashes, the expansions released at Gen Con, but the actual release date it, it, for distribution and everything is about a month later. Um, and, uh, we want to make sure that everything is tested. Like the new dice are still in testing right now. Um, and we want to make sure that everything's tested correctly and, uh, thought about really, really well before it's out there because, I'm going to be releasing one errata soon, and I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> so um, we're going to go ahead and make sure that everything goes through the amount of testing that it needs to, and uh, we will release when we when they are ready. So merchandising, when will we see t-shirts, posters, play mats? <laughs> you know, what's the plan? Now, Merchandising. Um, when it comes to merchandising, we've had some hits or misses in the plaid hat um, line in the past. Um, really, the most successful thing for us has been dice. Like anytime we release dice, 
we do really well with dice. Like that's extra. So um, we obviously saw the extra dice on our web store, but everything else we've released, like we released uh, Summoner Wars t-shirts, we released, um, you know, we released uh, pl- uh, Mice and Mystics plushies, things like that. Um, hasn't really done super well for us. Like we still have both of those products <laughs> released plenty of time ago in the office. So um, it's, it's um, everything we do. We're going to make sure that the audience is out there for it. So if you guys are interested, keep writing in, <laughs> keep, keep annoying us with it and uh, keep encouraging your friends to buy more base copies of the game, buy, uh, buy uh, more expansions of the game because actual sales of the product equals more merchandise products because we don't want to take a risk on uh, bringing out something that isn't mainly what we do. I mean, we make games. That is our main focus. Um, so if we make something else, it really has to, we have to start researching manufacturing. We have to see, you know, how much is that going to cost? What is the price? What are people going to be willing to pay for this kind of thing? Um, it, it opens up another avenue of things that we aren't super experienced with. And based on our track record, it hasn't necessarily proven to be the smartest business um, business decision for us in the past. So it's really going to take you know, Ash is becoming pretty much close to Dead of Winter successful. <laughs> you know, for and we haven't even released any Dead of Winter merchandise. So, so understand that, you know, we are a game company first and foremost. We would love to do that kind of stuff. Believe me, I want nothing more than all of the Ashes swag in the universe. But, you know, um, we have to think about it as a business uh, and we have to make sure we're making the smartest decisions for our business so we can all still making what you guys hopefully love the most, which is games. <laughs> if you had play mats, they would sell like hotcakes. <laughs> yes, and I actually just talked about when we're going to go ahead and produce uh, the, the, the mats that we currently have, uh, already have art and everything done for. So that is uh, that is part of the conversation. I would love to see them as soon as possible. Yeah, because if you had a stack of those at Gen Con, they'd be gone. Because I, I know from a, a lot of FFG fans, it's like the only way you get mats is by winning tournaments. And for those of us who might not be able to win a tournament, we'd like to be able to buy a mat. I mean, the mat that's included in the Ashes uh, OP kit is phenomenal. But there's only one per kit, and you have to win to get it. So for those, for us losers, we would like a mat too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally understand, and that's why I had art uh, for mats made because uh, in anticipation of hopefully releasing those. So uh, it's something that's definitely in the plan. It's one of the things that we'll probably you'll probably see before anything else. It's just about making sure that we uh, hit you know hit the right price in manufacturing, understand when we're going to release it, understanding more of the demands and things like that, and uh, under making sure that the base game uh, sells out so we can go ahead and continue bringing more and more and more and more and more. So um, it's all about sales, people. <laughs> so you want other merchandise? Make sure you convince your friends to buy the game, too. Now, this next question is actually one I had last week of some of my Ashes uh, friends locally. Are you going to be releasing any cards that do any heals, any more healing? With the next dice, uh, we're releasing two other dice types, and one of them is Divine Magic. And Divine Magic focuses on power and healing. So you're going to be seeing a lot of a lot of healing spells come out with uh, divine kind of things um, coming in the future. So expect that in 2017 when you see the new sets. Is there going to be any bestial phoenix borns, or will everybody be human? Um, right now, they'll be everybody will be human, but 
that doesn't mean that no one can transform into a bestial form. Ooh, here <laughs> we go. I did tease earlier that we do have other magical beings in this world that are not Phoenixborns, that are on the same power level. So or more. So, so uh, you might be seeing other things in the future <laughs> come out as well. Um, so, uh, if you want to see that stuff, support the game. <laughs> you know, because I have lots of ideas. <laughs> okay, here's a question, and I've seen this a lot. Let's just go ahead. We're talking to the man himself, the designer, in one of the latest uh, expansions. Brennan is Brennan a female or a male? Brennan is a female, and uh, Brennan was born a girl, uh, and she has been living as a male in order to inherit the throne of Black Cloud. And this was something that was orchestrated by her grandfather. It's something that is just coming into the mind of Brennan as something that she should start thinking about and how she feels about that and how she wants to represent herself. But uh, right on the cusp of her having these feelings, her grandfather passes away and she inherits the kingdom. So, and the Ashes War is starting and she has to think about the, the well-being of her people and think about whether or not she wants to live up to the expectations of her grandfather and living out his legacy. And Brandon is someone who's been through a lot. Ceremonial magic being, being the representative of pure ceremonial magic is a dark path to walk. Um, and those are, she has a lot of feelings. And she's the youngest Phoenix born currently in the lineup. Um, so she, she is experiencing all of these things. She's trying to understand them. And if we get the chance to show more of her development and her story, that will become part of her forefront. And then it's probably something I'll be talking about a lot on the um, open memories when we focus on Brennan as one of the characters. Who's responsible for the FAQ and how often do they update it? I currently have Bob working on the FAQ um, and we're going to be providing another FAQ update here in the next couple weeks. Um, the reason for the delay on the FAQ was because uh, we were making sure that we got some more feedback after organized play was going on for a little bit. Um, it helps us kind of really see, hey, what are the issues? What do we need to address? Um, and we also have the opportunity to um, you know decide whether or not we're going to do any erratas and things like that. So we want to we want to keep those um, uh, updates um, as often as possible, but we also don't want it to be this thing that's happening super rapid uh, quickly. So people don't have a people don't have to read this FAQ once a week to see <laughs> see what's changed, what's what's been modified, and. These decisions um, for FAQs are not something that we, we take, um, oh, okay, we'll just throw that up on the FAQ, we'll just throw that up in the FAQ. Um, we want to see, we want to make sure that the things that we're putting in there are going to be for the people that really, like, okay, these are the questions that really need to be answered, really need to be, it really needs to be focused on, and we want to go ahead and give a lot of thought into what we put in there. So it does take time in order for that to happen, and a lot of back and forth between me and Bob. All right, so these next set of questions are just general overall questions. Here we go. What's one thing from any of your games that deep down you know that you had to be cut, but you loved it so much you fought it to keep it in or just decided it had to go? <laughs> Ashes is a perfect example of this. Um, there used to be there used to be this ability where you could shoot the cards on your on your spellboard at your opponent 
And the only way to block this damage, you'd receive two wound markers at your Phoenix board for, for pretty much just discarding as a main action, discarding one of these cards on your spell board. The only way to block it is if your opponent discarded one of his cards on his uh, uh, spell board. And you could go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth doing it until somebody took damage or you both decide to stop. So, <laughs> so, so, um, it was something that was really cool and I thought was really interesting and fun and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but but it was totally broken. <laughs> it's how every game ended. It, uh, like it's just like, okay, we have all this stuff. you are gonna take you need to take two more damage. I'm gonna shoot my spellboard at you. <laughs> so it was just something that was just uh, it couldn't it just couldn't be in the game. It would have been it would have every game would have devolved into that and it would have ended up being not as strategic and interesting as what was going on in the what's currently going on in the game so definitely cut it was one of the things that right before playtesting oh man i was battling in order or within in myself to keep it in but when i finally like called called bob and told him all right i'm cutting i'm cutting it <laughs> i'm cutting it he was like thank god <laughs> We both. I know you loved it, but it was just broken. <laughs> and I know we touched on this earlier, Isaac, but any comments on the Sci-Fi Crossroads game that you can kind of help us out with? Yeah, uh, Sci-Fi Crossroads game is something that is still being worked on. Um, it's not being worked on by me. I'm not the lead designer on that, uh, though I will probably have some influence in the story and art direction as things get closer to that point. Um, it is still pretty green. Um, the thing is, uh, I gave it a few attempts. I made four designs <laughs> around uh, the Lost in Space theme. None of them were living up to what I wanted them to do. Uh, we had another designer go ahead and give it a crack, and that didn't work out either. Uh, we had, we, and then now we had another designer submit a game that we thought could work for it, and now is currently um, moving forward with that um, design, and we're going to go ahead and see if that ends up panning out to be what we want it to be um, for the Lost in Space Crossroads game. But we can promise this, if it, when it comes out, it's going to be put through the, uh, put through the right testing, and it's going to be with a lot of love, and uh, it's going to live up to the Crossroads brand name. Isaac, what's your favorite snack while gaming? My favorite snack while gaming, probably M&M's. It's uh, chocolate, and I don't get my fingers altered. <laughs> it can still Melts in your mouth, not in your hand. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, If you were to design a game using your favorite game mechanic that you haven't used yet, what game mechanic would that be? You know what? I, I really do like um, uh, tile, tile placement. I think that's a correct mechanic. Uh, Carcassonne style. Um, game and I think it's something that could be made into something a little bit more thematic and fun and interesting and I've, I've I'd like to explore that with something more my uh, story centric and thematic in the way you know the way I like to do games um, and I don't think it's been done that way I just played what was it uh, Isle Under the Sky or something like that I don't remember what it's called. And it's, an, it's another tile placement game. It's very interesting. It has all the spinning and stuff like that. Uh, but it's still, it's still, it, it, I feel like it's a game that's stuck in the victory point chase world. And I think it could be totally brought over into the more 
hey, let's let's tell a story. Let's have a fun thematic kind of experience. And I would love to go ahead and give that a crack. What game have you wanted to play for the longest time and have yet to be able to get it to the table? Who Chaos Ball? I have everything and <laughs> never played it once. <laughs> so I traded for a whole bunch of, like, I gave a whole bunch of Dead of Winners for everything Chaos Ball because I really liked the design and the miniatures and I thought it all looked cool and I've never touched it. I don't even know how to play it. I had nothing. <laughs> but uh, th- that's definitely one that I would love to uh, take out and try out. I still haven't tried Pandemic Legacy either. And I'd like to try that. And I'm a crazy person. I mean, we work for the company that freaking makes it. <laughs> I haven't played it yet. It's very hard to find a consistent group that's willing to go over and over and over again. Um, this, you know, even even in the board game design industry, we all have busy lives and things going on. We do have a game night, and uh, the first time that they played Pandemic Legacy, I was not in the room, so I'm not allowed to that game. <laughs> So they're, I think, a little bit more than halfway through. I think they're in September. But um, if they want to take another crack at it th- uh, through it again, I'd like to join them um, and uh, see what it, see what all the fuss is about. I know what primarily it's all about. It's awesome, but uh, I would like to. Uh, I like to. I like to play the games that people are talking about and enjoy because it makes me it makes me appreciate the designs that are currently hot in the industry and learn from it as a designer. If you had three hours to play a game, and we know you're a very busy man, would you rather play a three-hour board game or three individual hour games? Mm, depends on the games. Ah, good answer. Depends on the games. Um, you know, I would love. I love playing. You know, I love playing the little stuff that you know lasts a little bit of time because they're usually quick to learn. They're quick to get a table. Uh, they can usually support larger groups, things like that. So it's it's a lot more of a um, relaxing experience. For me, especially as a designer, I feel like I use a lot of my brain. Uh, this is something that uh, Eric Lang, Eric Land, uh, uh, proved me to. Uh, as a designer, uh, the more that we design, the less that we like longer meteor games, <laughs> because it's just like we're always we're stuck in that space. We're figuring out these designs. We're trying to figure out all these different mechanics, and a lot of the larger games are have that kind of focus. Um, you know, you're trying to figure out all these different avenues in order to take advantage of the system. Um, and uh, the s- smaller games are more about, you know, usually community and fun and, you know, just having a good time with your friends. Um, so it depends. It, de- it really does depend. But um, I could play, you know, I could also play Fiasco for three hours and have a wonderful time. <laughs> you know, I, it really it really does depend on the game. So when you're gathering feedback from playtesters, do you just get notes from the players or do you sit there and watch them play? Um, no, we, we, have, we have a forum that we have set up and we have playtesting reports that we require the playtesters to fill out. And uh, those um, send us back a, a pieces of information that we're certain, uh, looking for. And then there's graphs and uh, pie charts and everything that's made, uh, depending on the kind of information that we're looking to extract from those things. And then if we specifically need to look at comments, we have a comment section. And if there's specific questions that the playtesters have or concerns that they have, they can go ahead and bring it up on different parts of the forums. But no, I don't normally sit and play, uh, watch anybody play uh, a game. Um, that's very, very rare, um, especially nowadays. Uh, if that happens, it's usually I'm in the room and just want to see reaction. Uh, but it's usually with people that I uh, know personally or know their, know their um, 
preferences and understand that so I can kind of see like, okay, they made the decision. Why did they make the decision? Um, why are they reacting this way? Because I know who they are. Of your two games, which character resembles you the most? Which one? We know you've put, you did put one in there that resembles you, man. <laughs> I don't think any of them resemble me. Everyone's beautiful in my games. <laughs> who resembles me the most? Probably Rod Miller. <laughs> in Dead of Winter, who's just sitting there on his lawn chair in the apocalypse, just drinking a beer, <laughs> just sitting back, just like, whatever, this is just the life that I've expected of me. <laughs> like, this is this is just what's happening right now. But if that that's that's not true. That's not how I'd be in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I would be freaking out 24-7. <laughs> what is your favorite amusement park rod? Cedar Point uh, had this... Uh, this roller coaster called, I think, the Drag, the Drag Racer. Um, and it's just like, sh- it's this super quick roller coaster that shoots you up in the air at a 90 degree angle. Um, it's like, it's like a, dra- a drag race car and it's just like, whoosh, shoots you up straight in the air and then shoots you right back down. It's super quick, but super like crazy and fun. and gives you a really cool thrill. If you designed a game about the Hatfields and the McCoys, what type of game would it be? I am currently trying to design something s- similar with a lot of feuding families. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, there you go. It's more of a uh, my version of uh, Game of Thrones. So we'll see. No. Ooh, very, oh, are we stabbing people in the back? Of course. <laughs> have you not met? Have you not met me? All of my <sighs> games have stabbing in the back. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Last general question. So you have a lot of diversity in your characters in Dead of Winter. Yes. Uh, did you feel any pressure to put the, that diversity into the game? Or have you felt any pressure to not have diversity in the game? No. Um, I I want to have diversity in the game. I mean, for me personally, as a person um, who is, you know, I'm Latino, I'm gay, I'm very different than most people in this industry. Um, and you know, I want to, you know, do a better job of represent having the games represent more of a wide spectrum of a community because a lot of people in this industry or, or a lot of people in this industry, um, I feel like are ready for that and want to see that and have a lot of friends that want to be represented in, um, in games. Um, there is, there is a huge surgence of acceptance and love that people have in this day and age. And I think that the board game industry also has that wants. And um, I have been very, very lucky to receive a lot of love and acceptance and um, feeling of community and family in this industry. And I think that um, this industry um, can do a better job of representing that in their games and a plat hat games wants to do that across the board. And I think that it's something that we've been praised on, not only in Dead of Winter, but in Ashes as well. Um, we've had, we, you know, we have more, a larger female cast that, you know, in a fantasy game, which is unheard of, like is unheard of. And what's funny is, is that was not my intention. <laughs> like I just did it. I didn't even think about it, you know, until it was, it was until it was something that was more, more um you know brought forward and talked about and you know that's that's what i i hope to keep doing doing that for people that um that you know hopefully they can find characters that they connect with and uh you know can go ahead and say oh like that that character you know some finally someone who represents me 
you know, and I want to keep doing that for people. And I don't necessarily want to preach or I don't, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to change the world with, you know, with board gaming. I just think that, you know, we have an opportunity to, why can't it be that way? Oh, it was, it's amazing. The first Phoenix born I connected with immediately was Saria. And, and the reason why is because, okay, we're, we're Southern. And to me, she looks like the Southern Belle. Yeah. New Orleans, like Southern Belle. So I just like, I just like the way she looked. It's like the gone with the wind sort yeah. of thing. So I, I love her. Yeah. And I have never seen a uh, black woman represented in this kind of like old, like more kind of Southern Victorian um, kind of, kind of a European look. And I wanted to make characters that you haven't seen before. And it was like, let's let's do that. Let's go ahead and you know widen the spectrum. Let's do something different. It was another. It was another thing that like with uh, with fantasy. You know, we we're we're making a fantasy world. Um, something that's been brought up to me before, and it's like, oh well, why is there why is there a, a black character in uh, the north with <laughs> you know all of these all of these uh, Norse looking type characters? And it's like. This is a fantasy world, bro. You can do whatever I can do whatever I want. <laughs> like it's like I don't have to follow cultural norms and all this kind of. It's like I can do whatever I want. This ashes is not my ideal perfect world where everybody gets along and everything's wonderful. <laughs> you know, it definitely is not that. But it certainly allows us to. It allows me to go ahead and explore. Uh, you know, just interesting characters and interesting, interesting kind of different looks and different um, interests, uh, different interests that I have and things like that. And um, people, people, I think, can connect if we have a wider spectrum of way people look and way people dress and who people are and all that kind of stuff. And um, why not? I mean, it's definitely it's definitely the right time for it. And I know people appreciate what you're doing. I mean, you you hear it constantly out on the forums and so forth and so on. So excellent job, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. And like I said, I'm not doing it out of trying to do some sort of agenda. It's just what I like to do. And it's what I believe in. And it's who I am, you know, so uh, and I have an opportunity to have a little bit of a voice here when creating a world. So I'm going to do what I feel it's fun to do, <laughs> you know. And Tony, he did make one for us, the old white guy Cole. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of you guys. I, I appreciate oh, it. Now I do have this is a personal, and even I posted in there. Marty made fun of me in our forum over there, but I want you in the best, shortest answer you can. If you're for a beginning Ashes player, what advice would you give them? Now, now keep it short. What what advice would you give them to make them a good Ashes player? Play around with the deck builder that we have on our website. Look at the cards. Get familiar with them. Build decks. Try them out. Have fun. It's all about experimenting. The reason I like these types of games and why I wanted to create one is because when I was young in middle school, I got to play these types of games and feel like I was a designer and feel like I was making this cool, awesome deck and this cool, awesome team. So just have fun with it. Have fun and explore and do cool, interesting things. And you'll become better in time once you learn to make your mistakes. And it's okay to make mistakes. All right. So for our last thing, Isaac, since you're a first-time guest on this show, and it's, it's been far too long for us to get you on here, but now that you are, <laughs> you must play our game that we play with all guests for the first time. And that game is called Rank Em.
So Isaac, here's how this game is gonna work. We're going to list three items and you're gonna rank those items however you choose and then you can tell us why you ranked them that way. Do you understand how to play this game? I do. Easiest game I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> here we go, the first list. Crew, ankle, or knee high? So I'm gonna go ahead and say um, ankle three, crew two, knee high, knee high um, one. Ooh, you're a <laughs> knee-high sock guy. Oh, okay. No, I actually hate them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you know what? I need to design. I need to design an Ashes character with some knee-highs. <laughs> oh if, man, you need to do like a '70s basketball player with the knee-high and the really short shorts. Have you guys seen? Have you guys seen like the Game of Thrones like '80s throwback uh, redesign of the characters? No, I need to go find that. Oh my gosh, it's such a cool art style. I would love to work with that artist to like redo all the characters for Ashes and this cool like 80s kind of vibe with all these like interesting uh, different styles. Oh man, it's just so cool. I know I can, we can't afford them. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but yeah, that's uh design-wise, I think I think those are like playing around with all these kind of different um different um aesthetics and definitely the stuff that's older and different um it's cool to kind of bring it back in a new interesting way so um that's kind of like why i ranked ranked those things interesting because like nihais man i haven't i haven't seen those i haven't seen those rocks in a long time let's go ahead and see (laughs) let's see what can happen with those (laughs) it'll be crew ankle knee high and i still own some knee high so i'll see you at origins with mine on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. If you do that, that'll be so oh funny. My. Oh, oh my. okay. So for me, it's going to be uh, in order of preference. It's going to be ankle, crew, knee high. Because if I'm wearing ankle, it probably means I'm wearing shorts. I'm just more comfortable. Rank the following brisket, pulled pork, ribs. Ooh. Uh, pulled pork, brisket, ribs. Love pulled pork. Delicious. Brisket, uh, when it's done right, it's amazing, but it has to be done right. <laughs> and ribs, like, I like ribs. Like, I don't get me wrong, I like ribs, but I am a messy eater, and ribs just amplify that to the <laughs> to the degree. So um, I need to avoid ribs for my own life, insanity, and health. <laughs> All right, so for me, it's going to be uh, the pulled pork ribs and i'm with you isaac brisket can be really good but i've had some that's not so good so because it's the more risky one i'll put it last for me i don't care about the mess i love a good rack of ribs (laughs) oh my gosh and then especially when you just bite and it falls off the bone then we go to the pulled pork and then the brisket Mm. all right so the next one gun knife or crossbow Ooh, knife crossbow gun Knives, hey, most ancient and old school thing. And um, if you know how to throw them and you can figure them out, they'll last you no matter what kind of apocalypse scenario we're in. <laughs> <laughs> um, crossbows, um, they're cool. They look pretty awesome. I wish I, I wish um, I could use one and utilize one. Um, and they're reusable. You can go ahead and get those things. And uh, use them again. Uh, guns, they're... Hey, I would love to learn how to shoot better. <laughs> but I've only shot a few times in my life. Um, and, you know, guns are cool. They can be too. Um, but uh, they're, they're also, you know, you need ammo. Only yep. usable once. You know, 
You don't know what the supply will be. You don't know what happens. All right. So for me, gun, don't let them get near you. Take them down. Indiana Jones did it right. <laughs> then, then comes knife because, well, a crossbow just takes way too long to load. And even though it was one of the most deadliest weapons ever produced, it's just it's just too, too slow to load. For me, because of the Daryl factor, I'm doing crossbow number one. <laughs> and then uh, followed by gun, because like you, Tony, I don't don't, don't want to be meleeing. I'd rather put, you know, the zombie down at a distance and then knife last if I had to. We don't have a crossbow in Dead of Winter yet. <laughs> oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> I know. What we need to do is release these these Walking Dead, uh, the Walking Dead expansion pack. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> if only they would give us a license. If only we'd actually try to get the license. <laughs> one, day, one, day, one day. One day. And. <laughs> And like I said, we didn't see these beforehand. So my next question is Michonne, Maggie, Carol. Uh, Michonne, Maggie, Carol. (laughs) Michonne's a badass. Like, yeah, you have to choose her first. (laughs) Um, Maggie's pretty cool, too. Um, She's not not too bad. Carol, I don't know, just doesn't super resonate with me very much. But she's all right. Before last season... (laughs) Do I have to include last season because it's going to change? It's called. If I don't have to include last, it's called ranking. You do whatever you want. (laughs) Carol was my favorite by far uh, because I just love seeing her transition going from physically abused wife to the really strong woman that she became. It's just I don't know. She kind of wimped out a little bit last season, but I'll still leave her number one, followed by Michonne then Maggie. Okay. And I'm going to follow you with that, Marty. Carol is my favorite just because, yeah, she may have wimped out, but you know, there's a beast in there. She's, oh man, don't mess with Carol and she can cook. Then we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. (laughs) And then of course, Michonne and then Maggie, I never have, and I probably get hate mail for this, but that character's never done anything for me either. So yeah. Uh, Last one for me. Oh my gosh. I hope you know who these are, uh, Isaac. Here we go. Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello, Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Three, Sto- Three Stooges, Albert and Costello. Uh, what was the last one? <laughs> Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy. I, I ranked them in, the, in, in uh, the way that I know them the most. <laughs> I, I know what the Three Stooges are. I've heard the name Albert Costello, and the last one didn't register with me at all. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> well, here's the, now, so here's the thing. This is still, this is way before our time, Tony. Too, so we weren't around while these guys were around. But I just thought comedy I'm, teams. I thought everybody heard of these guys. I'm I'm 29, man. I'm I'm still kind of young. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah, you need to go check out. Have you watched any Three Stooges? Yeah, I've seen some of the old ones. Um, yeah, so I understand their entire shtick. <laughs> All right, for me, it's going to be Abbott and Costello just for who's on first. I love their movies. Um, I love their – they are classic. Oh, that's what they did. Classic, classic um, slapstick comedy. Enjoy it incredibly. And then probably Laurel and Hardy, and I was never a fan of the Three Stooges. What? No what? Oh my gosh, that's a whole other topic. We, we've already gone long. We're going to have to come back to this one some in a future episode. Okay. Three Stooges number one, followed by Abbott and Costello, Laurel and Hardy. We'll have to revisit this topic in as Flying Squirrels. Yes, we will. We can do that. Um, so for the last rank them, and this is, I'm paying homage over to our buddies at Epic Gaming Night when you were on their show. So here we go. You Die Hard, Sixth Sense, Fifth Element. 
Fifth Element first, hands down. Um, still have yet to see Die Hard. <laughs> what? <laughs> because I'm a terrible person. Oh my gosh, Isaac. But I'll rank it number two because... No. Okay, that's it. We're skipping Origins. <laughs> part of Origins next week. We're going to sit down and watch Die Hard 1. And I like Sixth Sense, but it's just not such a very re- rewatchable movie for me. Um, so uh, I've, I've seen it like twice already, and I think that's probably the most I'm ever going to see it in my life. Yeah, you, know, you know, so it's it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, I should have gone with Armageddon. I should have gone with Armageddon. <laughs> should you have really? No, I have seen Armageddon. Well, I, I over Die Hard because he's at least seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I still rank Die Hard number two. <laughs> I need to see it. All right, so for me, uh, uh, Die Hard. I mean, Die Hard way up there. Way, way. It's, it's the top Christmas movie of all time. And then uh, Fifth Element followed by Sixth Sense. I'm going to have to go with Die Hard as well. It's If it's on, I'm watching it. Any of the Die Hards are on, I'm watching them. I don't care how bad they are. Fifth Element and then Sixth Sense because we all know how it ends. So like you said, spoiler, who needs to watch yeah. it again? Yeah. Um, I need to see this Die Hard, though. You guys both ranked it as number one. It's old. It is dated, but it's still one of Bruce Willis's best. I mean, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's on my watch list, just like that in The Godfather. And I know you guys are probably gonna kill me. You've never seen Godfather? Nope. Nope. Uh, Eric, Eric Lang's gonna be very disappointed. He's not gonna let you play his new game <laughs> until you've seen The Godfather. Did he? Did he make The Godfather? <laughs> He's making it. Yes, it'll be released next year, and it's incredible. That's awesome. Oh, man. I'm going to have to track him down. I wonder if he's going to Origins. I'll have to track him down. Oh, he's everywhere. Yeah, he is everywhere. (laughs) Isaac, thank you so much for coming on. It has been an incredible time talking with you. And I'm just so excited to see you next week at Origins. And I'm sorry for everybody that can't go to Origins and, and hang out because I got to meet Isaac. It was one year ago that I actually had a really long, meaningful conversation with Isaac, and I was really interested in this game called Ashes. And I said, would you mind showing me how this works? And I had some interest in it. It was the art that was pulling me in. But when he sat down and you taught me that game, and you started going over the mechanics of, oh, yeah, you can meditate and change the dice to whatever you want, which I was kind of concerned about with the dice roll. Oh, you pick your first five. I was just blown away by everything that you did. Blown away by that game, and every time I've seen you at any convention. I just love hanging out with you. Everybody, Isaac's one of the nicest guys. I mean, he'll just sit here and talk to you about anything and everything. He's passionate about what he does. He makes great games. And you owe it to yourself to at least go and shake this guy's hand because it, you know what? He'll even give you a hug. He's like one of the best huggers around, too. I will. Well, thank you guys for having me on so much. I really appreciate your guys' support, um, how how nice you guys have been, and the fact that you guys do do genuinely enjoy what I'm putting out there and working so hard on. So it's it's really a pleasure to be getting to know you even more and to get to see you next week. And thank you so much for having me on. Well, it's our pleasure as always. Now, Marty, when you said about that, you know, we saw him at BGGCon in 2014. And we could not get to the table where he was demoing because there were so many people around him when he was showing off ashes. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was amazing. Isaac, where can people find you if they want to follow you on Twitter, on social media or anything? Yeah, they can find me at Isaac's Ashes on Twitter. Um, you guys can go ahead and email me, Isaac at PlaidHatGames.com. And I'm also on Facebook as Isaac Vega. Um, you guys can go ahead and reach out whenever you want. I love to uh, get in contact with anybody who's interested in getting in contact with me. And I apologize 
if it takes me a little back, uh, a little while to get back to you on my emails, because I currently am being swamped with them, but I will get back to you. I promise. All right, again, everybody, remember, you've got pre-order for the Dead of Winter, <laughs> The Long Dark Night. <laughs> it's, now, it's now available. You can pick it up at Origins. be out in July. Two Ashes expansions coming out at Gen Con, and that'll be it for the Ashes expansions this year. But for us guys who are slow and hard to keep up with the frequent releases like with FFG LCGs, we thank you for that because at least Tony and I can keep up with this now. And we know we got some brand new dice coming out, uh, new magic dice coming out next year. We just can't wait to see where this game goes. And he did tease a little bit some other stuff he's working on, so we can't wait to hear about that either. And hopefully he'll come back on in the future and talk to us about that. Will do. Glad to. Thanks so much, Isaac. Thank you, guys. One of the games that Tony and I got to play as a prototype last year at BGG Con was Cry Havoc. This is a game we've talked about, we're excited about. It's coming out from Portal Games, and now it's available for pre-order. This is a game that you definitely want to check out. If you like games like Kemet, Blood Rage, you are going to want to look at this game. It's going to become available at Gen Con, but you can pre-order it right now. So if you want to go check it out, go to portal.pl. Man, talk about some comprehensive and complete answers. Isaac provided those things. Hey, it kept us from having to talk. I know, and that's a good thing I've often heard. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say one thing. He is going to have the world buzzing, buzzing about what card is going to get the sledge to it. Oh, you mean in the next couple of weeks, what uh, Ash's card is going to have a rata? I mean, if the man liked moon pies, we could have probably coaxed it out of him, but he doesn't. Who doesn't <laughs> like moon pies? <laughs> Isaac does not. And you know what? It's probably he's better off for it, too. Really? Die hard? Sad. I mean, literally, we should bring it, you know, all, next week, uh, the DVD or download it or something, and sit him down somewhere and show him this movie. And I think it's on every weekend. <laughs> that's true. But that that's okay. We don't fault him for it. We understand. There's some great movies that I haven't seen, and then, so I understand that completely. But anyway, no big deal. But once again, Isaac, great guy. If you get an opportunity to meet him, definitely go talk to him, people. And I, congratulations on his success. He deserves it. Yeah, he, he does. Two very successful games with Dead of Winter and Ashes. Uh, it looks like he's in for the long haul with Ashes. He has a lot of future plans for this game. I know it's one of those games that we rave on a lot, and maybe it's not one of the games that people get into because it's an LCG. But for those who like those those style of games, this is definitely a premier product. And then, of course, Dead of Winter. And what he says is true. The stories that you can tell after you play Dead of Winter are just so great. Such So many great memories from playing that game. I'm so looking forward to the next expansions and Big Next Core next year. Oh, it's just... We enjoyed our Android Netrunner, but Ashes is right there with me. And the nice thing is... is yeah, I mean, people may be disappointed that there are only four expansion decks coming out this year and they're having to push back in the big expansion the next year. But like I said, that's not a bad thing. That gives no. you a chance to play with all the different cards and learn all the different cards and don't feel like you start getting behind. And that also gives you time to play other games, which brings me to my next point, sir. Our, my neighbor's kids, they're all going away. This is They all leave the nest at once, graduated and going up to Chicago. Another's going to Colorado and another one is going off to college. So, and, you know, I've seen them grow up. Well, they all said, you know what? Mr. Tony, why don't you come over and play a game with us before we head out? I said, I would love to. I got to play Arcadia Quest with them. They loved it. Loved it. And I hate they're running away now. I can't play the campaign mode. Oh, that stinks. My family was just asking yesterday, in fact, Hey, Dad, when's Arcadia Quest Inferno coming? 
Did you ever finish Arcadia Quest, the uh, first one? I did not. Okay. So, wow. Talk about, you know, Squirrel. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, we should we should be playing that one. And then, of course, Massive Darkness is out now on Kickstarter. Okay. First off, my wallet doesn't have those types of greenbacks in it. Just going back <laughs> to what I said originally. So, ooh, but it's amazing. I'm sure. I haven't looked today. I'm sure it's popping the one million. I haven't looked either. But, of course... It's, it's a cool Mini Knock game. People now know what to expect from that company, right? They typically ship about on time. You know you're getting quality product. You know exactly what you're getting, right? It's just whether you're going to like that game or not. Exactly. And I mean, it's at $125 on Kickstarter right now. And you know you're not going to be able to pick it up for that cost. We've proven it before with Blood Rage. So, but yeah, whew, that's, that's steep. And it makes me want to, and this is banter right here, Marty. $125 for the Cool Mini Message Artner or Warhammer Silver Tower. You know what I'm saying? Warhammer Quest. Yeah, that is actually a very good comparison. And that would actually be something really interesting to discuss. Now, probably the miniatures are probably better mm-hmm. in the Warhammer Quest because I, the stuff I've heard about the miniatures, they look phenomenal. You do have to put them together. I just wonder which game is more fun. Right. So hopefully we can find some people at Origins will, that will let us go over there and borrow their Warhammer Quest and, and play with it. What do you think? Yeah, they, they may. I would like to try it out sometime. Yeah, me too. But anyway, the, the cool mini or not, yeah, the Kickstarter. But once again, Arcadia Quest. I was so happy to get that to the table finally and really enjoyed it. Great game. They're just kind of on a, on a roll right now. Well, you about ready to start packing for Origins? Yeah, I think I got some laundry to do. I got to figure out which shirt do I want to wear along with... Oh, by the way, we get our shirts yet? We have our shirts. We have our squirrel shirts. We will be wearing them at the show. And we've had our shirts that's been sent to all those who pledged and and got the shirt. But if you want to order a shirt, remember we have those brown, nice squirrel shirts and our logo shirts that are available at Analog Gamers. You go out there, they're available, go order them. We're now going to be sporting ours at the show. We can't wait for people to see them. We, we love those things. Thanks to all those who've already purchased some and are wearing them out there. We love seeing them on social media. Uh, just such a great design from Brandon. I cannot wait to put that on. And also my big curmudgeon shirt that says, if you can, you see my face and yet you're still talking to me shirt. I can't wait to wear that one. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm really excited about going to Origins. But once again, a little apprehensive on my part, but I know you're excited. I am. We'll get you there. You'll get through it. I know. And I appreciate it. Well, guys, keep rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook. That was a great show. I don't care what you say. Really? Because I thought it was boring. Okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs>Fun Again Games just got in a huge shipment of games that were on pre-order, like Nina and Penta, and they also got one that's really got my attention, Smugglers by Thames and Cosmos. Marty, this game is one of those where you are trying to bring jewels through the fence and you're messing with Play-Doh. I like Play-Doh. Then you would probably like this game. So go ahead, check it out at funagain.com for all their games that have just shown up 
on their website. 